Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody, and we are your hosts, Doug and Jackie Christie, and we are bringing you another hour of Infinite Love Talk Radio here on Blog Talk, our most place to be on a Saturday at 5 p.m., and you can join us anytime throughout our show by joining our chat room, of course, or you can call us live at 347-215-8305, and today... For everybody out there, we are discussing today's young author and what some of their challenges and triumphs are that they may face. Yep, babe, that's right. And we want to focus on, first of all, let me say hello to everybody out there. This is Jackie, your co-host, Doug's wife, and um, happy holidays to everybody out there before we get started. And secondly, we have five young, talented authors that possess the ability to truly tell a story and entertain. And starting off our list today, we have... Babe, we are going to start with Jason Gage. Yes, he wrote a nonfiction book on his personal experience called My Book for Kids with Cancer when he was eight years old, diagnosed with Birkin's lymphoma at six years old and was given a one in five chance of survival. Jason felt there should be a book about childhood cancer telling young people they did not have to die. An independent film called You Don't Have to Die and a play were based on the book, and in 1988, President Ronald Reagan awarded Jason the American Cancer Society's Courage Award. So this is a special story, a special kid, and uh, it just kind of shows, babe, that you can do anything that you set your mind to. Well, most definitely, and him being that age, you know, writing the first book when he was six years old, and and then being about something, you know, as serious as cancer is just really, really, really touching. And if you guys want more information about these young kids, you can always Google them. Again, Google Jason Gaius, and his name is spelled J-A-S-O-N, G as in George, A-E as in Edward S. And he wrote a nonfiction book, as my husband was saying, um, titled My Book for Kids with Cancer. And it's spelled C-A-N-S-U-R. Support his, um, you know, his authorship by buying his book if you can for Christmas. Maybe you know someone with cancer, or even if you don't, just for kids to inspire them. It will be a great Christmas item, great Christmas pickup. Um, I'm sure it's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. I'm sure it's everywhere because it, it did turn into a bestseller eventually. Again, his name is Jason Gaius. Next, we have 
somebody that's very, very special. He is my and my husband's world. His name is Douglas Christie Jr., a.k.a., so also known as, <laughs> The Dougie or The Dugster. And his new title is available. It's available right now at Amazon.com. And I want to tell you a little bit about Dougie, okay? Now, let's just face it, you guys. Learning to ride a bicycle for the first time is a very, very big deal for everyone. And Dougie is no different, okay? He is our son. He is a fun-loving seven-year-old with a big heart and a huge love for animals. He is um, right now uh, currently homeschooling. He's born in Sacramento, California. Um, His favorite subjects is math, reading, and science. He lives with myself, his father, his grandma Cora, his teen pop star sister Shani, and he is just a fun-loving little boy that loves playing with action figures and watching his favorite TV shows, which include The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, That's So Raven, and Hannah Montana, amongst many, many others. He loves watching movies. And um, when we reward him, because um, parents out there, this is a little off topic, but I wanted to definitely say, when we reward him for things that he do, like doing good in school, because, you know, his dad homeschools him, and it's just it's the sweetest thing. And when he gets an A or something or does really well, he gets a surprise. And usually he picks a movie, you guys, so he loves movies. But his book is called Dougie Learns to Ride. We did touch on this last week on the show, talked about it a little bit. It is a wonderful, wonderful gift. If you guys want to pick it up, it's available at Amazon.com. It will be available shortly in Barnes & Noble, but you can order it right now online at Barnes & Noble. And it's just, or you can order it through the website. It's up to you. And that's um, what we wanted to share about our second author. Again, that's Douglas Christie, Jr., and you can Google him to find out more information. No question, baby. Go, Dougie. Dougie <laughs> learns to ride. And our third author is a six-year-old boy, and he is the world's youngest author. Okay. Now, I've known my share of six-year-olds, I will have to say that, but most of them are usually into, you know, playing with trucks, destroying uh, mankind on a computer or something of that sort. But then there comes Christopher Beale, a Swiss six-year-old who launched his first book in London. Christopher Beale completed his five-chapter novel titled this and last season's excursion when he was six years old and he beat the previous Guinness World Record by 42 days. The, the book is, uh, is a tale of Christopher and his animal friends as they go on a journey and you just kind of follow him along. But five chapters for a six-year-old is something else and it looks like a marvelous and fantastic book for the holidays. Pick it up. That's Christopher Beale. B-E-A-L-E. Check him out. Google him. And the book is This and Last Season's Excursions. Definitely. You guys will really like that one. We got number four, you guys. All the ladies out there that got your daughters. We have the youngest published female in the world. Um, She was four years old. She was from Washington, D.C., so I know my girl Betty, if she's listening. And, yep, I think she is. She was from D.C., Betty, so big ups to D.C. Her book is titled... How the World Began. It was published in 1964, and um, you just definitely need to Google her. Um, Again, she was four years old, out of Washington, D.C., not sure of her name, but I know that when I did my research, I definitely found that she was the youngest, and it's amazing. She is a female, and it's How the World Began, four-year-old. Here are some great websites if you guys want to have more information about other young authors and some of the really, they got really great books, they got DVDs, they got all kinds of stuff on there. You can go to 
streetside.org. Okay, so that would be www.streetside.org. And I have on mine stories and anthologies and so on, but once you get there, you can navigate through the site and find whatever you want. Okay, and they are through the power of storytelling, Streetside Values, and culti- they cultivate young people's voices, fostering educational equity, and building community literacy and art skills. So that's what they're about. Again, that's streetside.org. The next one we got, honey? We have kidsread.com. Now, Kids Read is the best place on the web for kids to find out info mm-hmm. about their favorite books, series, and authors. Reviews of the newest titles and much, much more. That is kidsreads with an S dot com. That's right. And then lastly, we have scholastic.com. And they strive to to present the clearest explanation of current affairs and contemporary thought and to encourage literacy, appreciation, and expression consistent with the understanding and interest of young people at all levels of learning. Again, that's scholastic.com, www. S is in Sam, C is in Charlie, H is in Henry, O is in Oscar, L is in Lima, Astic, A-S-T-I-C dot com, Scholastic dot com. And, you know, rounding out this segment, we really just wanted to just touch base on some young authors. There's not much we can say other than big ups to them. That's wonderful. We are so proud of each and every one of them, especially Douglas. He worked very hard on his book, and, you know, for him to accomplish something like that at the age he is, we're instilling great values and um, courage in him because he's put it out there and he's excited about it. And he was asked the other day from his teacher, another one of his teachers, what made him want to write a book. And it was so inspiring because he said, I want to inspire kids around the world to read books and to learn how to read. So um, we just wanted to share that with you, and I'm going to share with you real quick um, a song while we take a few seconds break. Okay, you guys ready? Here we go. Six sisters, Cindy. Yeah? You tell me a bedtime story. Please. Yeah, I tell you a story. You gotta go get in the bed. You all touch this? Yeah, I'll touch yeah, it. Alright, I'm gonna tell you a story like Uncle Ricky told me. Okay. When people wore pajamas and they lived like so The avalanche fall far from the tree So a star was born in 93 They gave a few lines, she began to rock She spit a freestyle, the homies gave a dab They say, like his value swag is nice But girls stay humble, that's some good advice And in 07 she began to sing She got a little fame, now she living a dream Camera said he fashion like a movie scene Now she's standing on the stage while the fans all scream Little did she know, life won't be the same Sometimes she wanna disappear like Do 
are back, and we're moving right on into hot topics and top news. And today we have for you in the world of entertainment, the Australian actor, for everybody that's familiar with Hugh Jackman, is chosen as the host of the Oscars this year. The Australian actor, Hugh Jackman, as the master of ceremonies of the Tonys in 2005, he's been chosen now to host the 2009 Oscars. Hugh Jackman, the Australian actor known to few audiences for playing a furry comic book hero in the X-Men movies, will be the host. So we just wanted to let you guys know that that is in top news today, and we're moving right along to number two. Number two in hot news, we have Kanye West applying for jobs in London. Now, to all the kids, hold on to your novelty glasses, kids. Rap superstar Kanye West may be heading east, and I'm not talking New York. I'm talking way east, as in London, to pursue a career in the fashion industry. He tells the Mere newspaper that he is looking to uh, at pre-entry-level jobs in the English capital to get his hands dirty with some of the biggest and best fashion designers in the business. I'm going to go and take an internship and just do something that's completely normal and just rap on the weekends or something like that. They quoted him as saying, sources also tell Mir that he has his eye on apprenticeships at Louis Vuitton or Raph Simmons. The singer of Gold Digger will soon unveil his own fashion line, Pastel, and according to a source, everyone is surprised at just how seriously Kanye is taking his fashion dream. And I will have to say that this is smart because uh, once Europe takes him in and they know that he is serious, baby, he, he will be trained there. All, the, all of a sudden, he'll have an instant backing. And really, uh, once you get big in Europe, you, you know, America kind of follows suit when it goes to fashion. So good luck to Kanye. Yeah, that's going to be fabulous. I'm I'm interested to see what kind of clothes he comes out with. He has a real eccentric way that he dresses, so it's going to be interesting to see. Next, we have the Harlem Globetrotter. He dies in his sleep. Chris Flash Richardson, a member of the Harlem Globetrotters, died in his sleep Wednesday while on tour in Japan. An official with the team said on Thursday he was 28 years old. Although the cause of death was not yet confirmed, Richardson likely died of natural causes, they believe. Um, the players were at a U.S. military base in Sasebo, Japan, as part of an annual holiday tour. The Globetrotters are in their 83rd year um, of touring the world. Meister said the organization was still in a great shock over Richardson's death. So um, a native of Corpus Christi, Texas, the six foot seven Richardson played at UNLV, and he joined the Globetrotters shortly after his college career ended. And our hearts and prayers go out to him, family, and to him, and just, you know, may he rest in peace. No question about that, baby. Also, we have the big three may share in the financial bailout. With Congress gridlocked and the economy floundering, the Bush administration declared Friday it would step in to prevent the precipitous collapse, as he's mm-hmm. quoted as saying, <laughs> of the U.S. auto industry and the disastrous loss of hundreds of thousands of jobs that are sure to follow. A day after the sudden demise of rescue legislation in Congress, car makers were talking with the administration and the Federal Reserve about how they could still get some of those billions of dollars they say they need to survive. The talks include conditions that automakers would have to meet 
said GM spokesman Greg Martin. The administration said no decision had been made on the size or duration of the new bailout plan or what type of concessions might be demanded from the struggling automakers, their workers, stockholders, or others. In a reversal, the most likely rescue option under consideration involved billions of dollars originally ticketed for the bailout of the financial industry. President George Bush had long declared this money off limits for the automakers, but uh, looks like he will be uh, maybe dropping that and lending some of that money that way. And, you know, President Babe, uh, elect Obama said that the plan that if they wanted money, the automakers, they would have to come up with a new business plan. And I really think that that sounds great because it doesn't look like the one that they have is doing fantastic at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, they they have to figure it out. The one question that I have is are they going to give everybody, all Americans, a free car or what? Because, I mean, the taxes that we're going to have to pay on this is enormous. And I believe in helping people when, you know, help is necessary. I really, truly do. But these big-type, you know, automakers, that's not really – I don't know. I'm I'm a little on the fence about that whole thing because I think people are going to start coming out of the woodwork from different spectrums, you know, in society and saying, okay, well, we need help now. Is the restaurant business going to do that? And it means we can't eat out if they go under? I mean, these are things that we have to take serious. And, I mean, everybody, there's private citizens that's out there, you know, and I'm usually not opinionated in this way publicly, but I definitely think this is important. There's people out there that right now that's losing their homes and everything else, and I think that is a what much more dire need than the auto industry wanting more money to be able to keep building more cars. I think there's enough out there right now, and only build less. Why don't you guys scale back on what you're building for a while until everyone can catch up financially to be able to pay for these cars? Because a lot of them, honey, I, I think you're aware of this, are you know having to be parked at warehouses and at the docks because there's no buyers. There's nobody to go and get them. So if you need money to bail out to pay off loans, that's one thing. But if you need them to be able to keep building cars so that the money, I mean, the cars are not being built overseas and we keep it here, well, we need to reassess what you've done in the meantime all these years, you know, when everyone was getting richer and richer and richer in the car business, where's all that money at? So these are the questions that I think, and I'm glad that they're kind of stepping back in Congress and everything and looking at it, and they're going to make some decisions in the coming weeks on what they're going to do, and they hopefully will make it a little tougher so other people won't copycat and go get on the bandwagon. No question about it, baby. I, I agree with you. you got to take a second look at it and see what they're doing because mm-hmm. it hasn't been. You, do you remember back in the day when they made like Lincoln Continental, for example, they would make one, say, in 1970, and then they wouldn't make mm-hmm. another model, a different one, until That's like right. 1974. And then all of a sudden they just started making them year after year after year, and it just kind of got redundant, I think. Babe. Yeah, and got out of hand, and then people were, you know, now they're, everyone's just like, okay, well, the government's in this giving away mood, and we need some money too. And, you know, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger asked immediately after they had the big AIG bailout and all that stuff, remember, he came right out and said, well, our city needs $7 billion to make it through December. And Let I think me have Seattle, some money too, he said. Let me have money. That's right. And, I mean, Seattle, look at us. We're losing schools and, you know, big-time schools because of no funding. And that's the kind of thing that I'm saying is everyone needs help. So, But I can't, you know, deny the fact that these people are bold and, you know, they're going out and they're asking. And I guess, you know, the dumbest question is the one that's not asked. But understand when they say no, 
you have to move on and you have to come up with plan B. So always have a plan B. That's a good lesson for all of us, you guys, to take in to take to heart. And, you know, we'll share that with you because we're taking it to heart as well and everybody out there listening. We'll move right along to number five. And this one is really something. More than a million people are without power after an ice storm. An ice storm to compare with some, that compares with some of the Northwest's worst, worst storms made a mess of the region, leaving 1.25 million homes and businesses in seven states. And the reason it's such a big deal is seven states involved without power, as it forced schools to close and toppled ice-laden trees and power lines into slippery roads. Severe power failures were reported in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine, and it was expected to take several days to restore electricity completely. At least one death has been reported from the storm. New Hampshire officials said a 49-year-old Danville man who lived in a camper died of carbon monoxide poisoning. So here's another lesson for everybody. Be very, very, very careful. And carbon monoxide is something that most people, if you don't have a detector, you can't smell it, they say. And it can, and it can definitely be harmful and kill you, right, babe? Yeah, you, you can't smell that. That's something that you really have to take seriously. You need to check your batteries. And, and usually they have a backup. So one, you know, it's a, it's a regular battery like a 9-volt, and then it's plugged into electricity also so that, you you know, you have to double up. But you also have to check those and make sure that, that, that everything's working good, especially like that when power outages are, are going out and stuff, baby, because that means one source is out, and hopefully the battery is working, and unfortunately he died. That is too bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's funny you speak about batteries because one thing everybody out there, I have a lot of sisters and brothers and my husband's, like, mechanically inclined. They can do jumps and stuff on cars if cars need jumps. But it's funny because I have no idea how to do that. So one thing that I definitely want to learn between now and next year, and this might be something that some of you guys put on your resolutions list because, you know, we have to dedicate a show to resolutions in the first part of the year, baby. You know that, right? Oh, you know it. I'm, I'm ready. I've been working a little bit. That's right, and one thing that I'm going to put is learn how to do a jump because you never know when you're going to be in a situation where you have to jump your own car to get out of a, of a, of a place. So, um, you know, carry some jumper cables in your car. They're probably anywhere from 20 bucks to 30 bucks. You can get them at any type of bottle supply store and just have them just in case you never know, even in a new car. I mean, you know, it can happen. I've seen cars that, you know, this year, 2008 or 2007 even, that shouldn't have any battery problems. Maybe something was left on, end up, you know, draining the battery, and then the person didn't, you know, have a way to do it. So if you don't have AAA or some kind of way like that, and even then you should still have some extra cables, wouldn't you say, babe? No question. And you know, babe, that now they have the new thing where you have like a battery mm-hmm. pack with you that you plug into the wall, charge it up, and all you have to do is hook the cables up positive and negative to your car, and it'll start right up, and you don't even need anybody else. But you got to make sure that it always ha- has enough juice in it. So. Oh, most Check definitely, most definitely, you guys. And guess what? Babe, today, now we're going to move right along into lifestyle and beauty. And today in lifestyle and beauty (laughs) tips, we have for y'all, what do we got, babe? We have for you guys. This is one of my tips, you guys, and I thought long and hard. Now, what's something I can tell these guys that would really help them? Get a good book. Nothing relaxes you more than reading a good book that stimulates your mind. If you you are a person, for instance, and I'll make an example out of this, that loves fashion, there's so many different books you can pick up. You can go to barnesandnoble.com and do this from the comfort of your own home. You can look on there and see. You can just type in fashion or you can type in clothing or you can type in um, modeling. And so much, so many different references and recommendations will come up. And there's, it's so fun to just sit, grab a good book, and just learn. Just enhance your mind, stimulate your mind. So I would say 
at this time of the year and any other time of year, really. But right now, get a good book. No question, baby. And I'm going to ring in for number two with candles. That is right, everybody. Engulf your senses and relax. From the smell to the visual stimulation, candles are a mood changer. Pick one up that you like Put and put yourself in a state of complete relaxation and bliss from the smell to just sitting back, meditating, and relaxing. Get yourself a nice smelling candle, and I, I guarantee you that you will truly, truly enjoy it. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. And I see the call lines are heated up. You guys can call and join us anytime live, 347-215-8305, or go into our chat room. We're relaxing. It's a Saturday. We're in our favorite place to be. Moving right along, number three, I have Catch a Movie with That Special Someone. This is the time of the year, okay? There's some great movies out there to see. If you guys have a home theater, fantastic. Then you can just grab a bag of popcorn, throw on some snuggly, warm, comfy clothes, lounge clothes, pajamas, whatever, and relax. And then if you don't, there's the theater. It's just as fun, but just remember you got to dress warm because we're in Seattle, and it's freezing up here. And we had some snow today, so make sure that you snuggle up, be warm, and go catch a movie. That's my other tip for today. And, babe, I'm going to ring in last <laughs> but not least to everybody out there. Uh, visit a museum. Now, this is something that you might not hear people talk about a lot, but you might want to check out a museum, whether it is history, whether it is artwork, whatever it is, you can go see some fantastic things. Mostly every city, I'm sure, has some type of museum. Or if you're visiting a different city, go check out a museum History, artwork, it's a great place for a date. You can go and enrich yourself, look at some things from long since past, people who aren't here any longer but did some marvelous, marvelous things. So visit a museum if you get a chance. Oh, definitely. A museum is fantastic. I love that tip. That's great. And guess what? We're going to jump right on into our favorite place, love and romance. We're moving right along swiftly today in our show, and um, today, in our love section, we're going to be discussing do's and don'ts in a relationship. And what are some of those do's, honey? <laughs> oh, you want me to go first, yeah. okay? Some do's would be, and this is for men and women, everybody, okay? So here's some do's in a relationship. Do compliment, <laughs> do compliment your mate often. You look beautiful. Do put okay. your mate first in your life, meaning when it comes to other people. And I'm going to go back through these again. Do respect your mate always. Do get me a new, get my new book, Woman, if you want a good book with lots of t- treats for your woman in there, you guys, and, you know, whoever. Do be faithful to your mate 100%. Do communicate with your mate regularly. Do deliver breakfast in bed to your mate at least 10 times a year. Mm. <laughs> do offer assistance to your mate whenever needed. Do remember your mate's birthday and your anniversaries, and do make your mate feel secure in every way. And now, baby, it's your time. Let's have some don'ts in a relationship. Some don'ts. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Don't, don't, don't. Now, this is like my wife said. This goes for males and females out there alike. And I would say do not ever compare your mate to others. That goes without saying. That's a one special person. Treat them that way. Don't ever put put your mate in an uncomfortable situation. Don't be dishonest with your mate. Do not be flirtatious with others. 
don't don't be late and not call. That's a big one. Both ways, please pick up the phone and call. Don't pick up your clothes. Uh, it, don't forget, um, excuse me, to pick up your clothes from the floor. Don't tune your mate out. Don't allow your friends to disrespect your mate. Don't be violent with your mate, and do not break promises with your mate. Uh, see, those are all real good ones. Again, I'm going to go back through the do's again real fast, and my husband's going to go through those. So get your pen and paper ready, you guys. Here's some do's in a relationship, okay? These are things you should do is what we're talking about, do's and don'ts. Do compliment your mate often if possible. Do put your mate first in your life, meaning when it comes to others. Do be very respectful um, to your mate always. You can get your mate, my new book, Woman, on December 20th, if you want to be sweet and happy and nice and want them to smile. Do be faithful to your mate 100%. Do compliment your mate regularly. Do deliver breakfast in bed to your mate at least 10 times a year. That is so special, you guys. Do offer assistance to your mate whenever you think they need it. Do remember your mate's birthdays and your guys' anniversaries. And do make your mate feel secure in every way. You have to make them feel secure in every way. And it just solidifies the relationship. And now, honey? Uh, you don't want to read the don'ts. I want to hear you kind of say the don'ts. Don't ever compare your mate with others. Don't ever put your mate in uncomfortable situations. Don't be dishonest to your mate. Don't be flirtatious with others. Don't be late and not called. Don't forget <laughs> to pick up your clothes from the floor. Don't tune your mate out. Don't allow your friends to disrespect your mate. Don't be violent with your mate. And don't break promises to your mate. And if you guys heard all that, you understand what you do not need to be doing. But we're not here to counsel you or tell you what to do and not to do. We just wanted to suggest some things to you. Okay, so moving along. Well, babe, the winner of last week's contest is, drumroll, Greg Carson from Orlando, Florida. Congrats to you, Greg, and happy holidays to everyone out there as well. And this week's contest prize is a $100 Nike gift card. That is right. Be sure to enter. And here, for everybody out there, are the four questions for this week's contest. They are, what is the name of the new book that Doug's White Jackie has out? Number two, how old is Madison Square Garden? Number three, what team does Ben Gordon play for? Again, that's what team does Ben Gordon play for. Number four is, what is the name of the baseball team in Boston? So <laughs> I will repeat these again in case you didn't hear them. What is the name of my new book titled, what's the name of it? How old is Madison Square Garden? What team does Ben Gordon play for? And Ben Gordon is an NBA player, if that helps. Um, what is the name of the baseball team in Boston? The first one, answer all four and email it to us at www.myspace.com forward slash Jackie and Doug Infinite Love that's J-A-C-K-I-E-A-N-D D-O-U-G-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E L-O-V-E because I got some people emailing me at the other email of ours saying I don't know how to find your MySpace so it is www.myspace.com forward slash Jackie and Doug Infinite Love you will win good luck everybody and we're going to move right along and we're going to go into our other favorite spot and that would be, what would that be, baby? That would be the area that is for the one and only Wizzle. That would be the area of sports. Wizzle, are you out there in blog talk land? Basketball is my favorite sport. Oh, there like it the is. Way I dribble up and down the court. Yeah. 
fast break, I can give you what you ask for. Crossovers well, I'm going to jump right in if the whistle is not with us yet. I know that the Heisman, babe, is going on right now on ESPN. And you got Sam Bradford out of Oklahoma, Tim Tebow out of Florida, and Colt McCoy out of Texas. Now, uh, I'm going to take a, a pick here myself, babe. Who do you pick? I would have to say Tim Tebow out of Oklahoma. Or he's out of you no, know, he's <laughs> out of Florida, and that is Florida. a good one. Yeah. But you know why that is a good one? Because he was last year's winner, and I really uh-huh. think that the fact that you know Sam Bradford has an incredible passing yards, Colt McCoy does it on both sides. He runs the ball, he throws the ball. But Tim Tebow to get his team back, they won a national championship last year, and he won the Heisman Trophy, and to get them back, and I, I, I just think for him uh, to, to be able to win the Heisman, excuse me, not the national championship last year, and then to get back and be in the running and get uh-huh. his team in for a national championship is just an incredible, incredible thing. So we'll have to keep our eye on that one and see what happens at the uh, in New York, I, I would say. And you know what, babe, last week, and uh, I'm glad actually that the whistle's not on the phone yet, because <laughs> last week he was, do you know that he was perfect? He picked every single game correctly. He uh, did not the, 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 he picked all of them. That he picked every game. I, I oh don't. I mean, God. I'm sure someone else has done it out there. It's probably been Tyron done. Tyron did not. He did not pick everything. He game. picked all. It was 15 of them. He picked every single one. Incredibly, I don't think that I've. Uh, I, I've never seen anything like that. But well, he, the whiz is the man. Though. Yeah, we have to give the whistle credit when. Uh, when whistle we, credit. Whizzle, whizzle, you want credit? You want credit. You want to give that man credit? We'll give it to him there. <laughs> We we were talking that you picked every game, not just uh, 14 out of 15. We're talking every single game. You got a W, ring it up. I don't know. I was just telling my wife that I don't know if anything like that. I'm sure someone has done it before, but I haven't seen anybody do it. So uh, we will have to give you full kudos on that one. Wow. Well, definitely you'd have to give uh, credit to with my connection and my antenna with the architect. (laughs) No no question about it. Now, we were just talking about, uh, and, and to let you know, my wife picked Tim Tebow for the Heisman Trophy, but we were just talking a little bit about the Heisman Trophy candidates, and I believe it's on ESPN right now, so hopefully uh, before you pick, they haven't picked, but you got Sam Bradford out of Oklahoma, 48 TD passes, 4,464 yards. You got Tim Tebow, Florida, last year's winner of the Heisman and got his team into the national championship game this year. Colt McCoy, uh, last but not least, out of Texas. Now, uh, he's on the ground and in the air, 3,445 yards passing, uh, leads his team in rushing with 576 yards. These are three uh, big-time players. Uh, who, who do you got, Wizzle? You know, it's I- – I've got to go with Mr. Tebow, too. Uh, hey, it's nothing personal. I think that he means a lot to his team. Uh, the statement that he made in terms of the, the press conference uh, uh, where he made statements, uh, this will be the last time where you see my team uh, uh, not persevere or play as hard as as, as they're supposed to. And which, it, hey, I think that really, really sets, sets the tone in terms of uh, what leader being a leader is all about. And, hey, Archie Manning's out the door, Tim Tebow, the next college athlete with back-to-back Heisman's. What do you know? 
There you go. Well, keeping it in college football, we got a big bowl schedule. I, I picked out a few of them and, and wanted to get your insight on them. The Poinsettia Bowl is in San Diego, December 3rd. Boise State, 12-0 and versus uh, Texas Christian TCU at 10-2. and Who do you got in that one? I am going with Boise State in a big way. I don't think that nationally, uh, USA, the United States, uh, or the football conference for that matter, has recognized uh, great teams when you've come in and in, in, into contact with them. And uh, actually, the, the job they've been doing down there in Idaho and Boise is uh, is really, really tremendous. So you got to give them a lot of credit to put together an undefeated season and to fly under the radar is unheard of. But hey deal with it. This is the year 2008. We'll see what happens next year with Barack at the helm. There you go. January 1st, we got the Capital One Bowl. That is in Orlando, Florida. Got the Michigan State Spartans at 9-3 and three versus the Georgia Bulldogs at 9-3. and three. And Georgia at the beginning of the season was the number one ranked team in the nation. Who do you got in that one? I'm going with Georgia. They're still a very good team. It just so happens that uh, after a loss or two, you fall out of the limelight, and and then the the press loses its luster with you and your team and your affiliation. So, hey, they're still a very, very tough team. They still have one of the best young prospect arms in terms of quarterback arms uh, right there. And with their the name evades me right now, but the guy is really, really high on the the list. In fact, last I checked, he was top three. So we're talking about drop back and snap it and, and really an arm that's responsive and not to mention a, a, a very good running back threat. So I'm going with Georgia in that one. Okay. Uh, on January 1st also, we got the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, and that would be USC at 11-1 and versus Penn State at 11-1. and And this could, for, for all purposes, have been a national championship game, but both teams have a loss. Who do you got in this one? This is going to be a, a, a tough one until the kickoff starts. And we're going to go with USC. And then what's going to happen is going to be a representation. And it's going to be like probably the last uh, uh, reminder that we get of the BCS and what the computers can do. Because I'm, what I'm looking at is the number one college defense in the land, in the country, to absolutely shut down the Penn State Lions and, and to put up possibly 50 points that game. So we're looking at an absolute blowout and, and a travesty and, and, and a, a huge bowl game. Woo, Paterna goes out with an L. January 2nd, we got the Sugar Bowl, which is in New Orleans, and we got Utah. The Utes are 12-0 and versus the Crimson Tide of Alabama at 12-1 and with one win. They're off the map. Who do you got in this one? I'm going with Alabama in this one. Uh, they took a loss, and obviously there are – are, are uh, victims of the, the BCS right now in the system and the powers that be, but I think they will stand up, represent, and wrap it on out and, and they'll put an exclamation point on a, uh, on a good year for themselves. Okay, January 5th, we got the Fiesta Bowl, Glendale, Arizona, the Texas Longhorns at 11-1 and versus the Ohio State Buckeyes at 10-2. and uh, Colt McCoy put a stamp on everything in this one. What do you got? You know, it's going to be a tough one, but i got to go with the job that Beanie Wells is probably going to represent uh, uh, one of his last few games in college. I think he's going to have a big game, and, and 200 yards for running back means that he pretty much controlled the game. I look for Ohio State to rep it out and, and to take advantage of this win. 
Well, we would be remiss not to say January 8th, the BCS National Championship game is held in Miami. That is on Fox at 8 p.m. you got the Oklahoma Sooners at 12-1 versus Tim Tebow and the Florida Gators at 12-1 also. Who do you got here? I think that Florida goes on and Tim Tebow lives a storied career in terms of college football. Um, I look for Florida to go ahead and get it done. And Tim Tebow to be possibly the best college football player of our lifetimes. So, hey, it's ironic the way it happens, but, hey, we got to deal with it as it comes. So back-to-back after the award tonight, uh, we'll just look to see what happens. It could be possibly the whipped cream, nuts, and cherry on a college career. No question about it, Wizzle. We'll stand with football, Wizzle. As I said, I don't even know what to say. Sometimes I just say, what is going on with the whistle? But, I I, I mean, last week, undefeated. I don't know. I I think we probably got Vegas on the line. Everybody's listening to what your picks are going to be this week. Uh, Before we get into the the picks, I just wanted to say, Dallas, T.O. controversy, uh, bus, no bus, playoffs, no playoffs. What do you got in Dallas? Uh, Bus, possibly. Tomorrow's game is going to be huge. Uh, it seems that Dallas has always uh, been able to provide oxygen and, and, and air for the, the fans around the country who bleed uh, cowboy blue, if you will. So uh, I think that tomorrow is going to be a huge statement game for them, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, hey, I, think, I really do think that it's based on tomorrow's uh, uh, efforts. Well, let's jump right in. Giants at the Cowboys tomorrow. Who do you got there? We are going to go with the Cowboys. They're at home. There's a lot of scrutiny. Uh, obviously, this is a huge game. It's, it's a huge game for both teams. Uh, uh, the only negative aspect is that Dallas is taking the headlines this week away from New York. But New York is still riveting from the fact that they're missing Plaxico Burris and Hey, let's take it back. They're missing a 6-5 stud of a receiver. So uh, right now I think that that's something that they're going through is to make adjustments. And the guys who need to step up obviously need to. I'm going with Dallas tomorrow. Okay, a battle of 2-11, and 11, Seattle at St. Louis. Who you got there? I'm going with Seatown, 206 in their baby. They will uh, represent it out, go ahead and handle their business. Um, obviously the teams are looking a little bit better right now. St. Louis is lost in a little bit of disarray. Uh, the Seahawks will take advantage of tomorrow's game. With two teams that are reeling, the Buffalo Bills are at the Bretts. Who do you got there? you got to go with the Jets in that one. Uh, obviously, being at home helps. And I think the Bretts will have a good game and against a good team, which will help sharpen their skills uh, to come playoff time. So we're going with the Jets. 49ers at the surging Miami Dolphins. Who do you got there? You know, this is going to be a big game potentially for me. I think that the 49ers are going to take advantage of the weather situation. Hey, why not? You know, it's a little bit cold out here on the West Coast right now. I think they're going to go into the East Coast down there in Florida, enjoy the weather, and go ahead and get a win for their coach and and probably make a statement uh, game for who's going to be their coach next year. So we're going with the Niners in that one. There you go. Two floundering teams in San Diego and KC. What do you got there? Got to go with San Diego. I know that there's a, you know, obviously not a lot to play for, but still there is a lot to play for. I think that their teams are still sharper. They're more coached uh, 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 in terms of the specialty positions, receivers, 
And I look for uh, be a huge passing game for Mr. Rivers tomorrow. We're going to San Diego. Green Bay at Jacksonville. I'm going Green Bay. It's going to be a tough one. Obviously, the Jags are still obviously physical, but I think that they're having a little bit of momentum problem. They can't seem to establish a, a true a true rhythm out there on the field, and I think it just starts with something upstairs and possibly the coach. So obviously that ties in with the fact that Mr. Del Rio has been having a lot of problems uh, relaying his messages with the team, and obviously his job is on the line. So, hey, Green Bay. Washington at Cincinnati. I'm going with the Redskins in this one. It's going to be a, a tough one, obviously. Uh, there's been a lot of scrutiny with, between Portis, Campbell, and Coach uh, Jim Zorn. But uh, when it's all said and done, I think that the Redskins will handle their business and be professionals as they will tomorrow in Cincinnati. Hey, and not to mention, Cincinnati is going through a lot of problems right now. We'll see what happens and as the saga continues with that. No question. Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Big game. Got to go with Atlanta though. They're at home. We're going to go with the 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 big the big offensive threat, and uh, we're going to go with Atlanta. Battle of eight and fives in Minnesota and Arizona. Who do you got there? This is going to be a, a huge game. And I went back and forth with this one because obviously uh, any team can win this one, uh, but we're going to go with the Cardinals with this one. They're at home. Uh, I think that they can handle their business and, and, and take advantage of things the way they're supposed to. Uh, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. We're going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, Baltimore has been uh, playing pretty well, but we're going to go with Pittsburgh right now. They, I think they realize the significance of this time of year, uh, the cold weather, the football, and, and, and Christmas being around the corner and all that. It's time to get serious Pittsburgh. Tennessee at Houston. This could be the one of the games to watch as you watch in the upper right-hand corner of your screen tomorrow as the scores flash. I can see Tennessee winning this one. And you know what? I'm going to go with Houston, though, because they are at home. They played a very, very tough game last week, and I think that it's going to be an upset. We're going to go with Houston. Detroit at Indy. We're going to go with Indy. Obviously, you said at Indy. We're going with Indy. There you go. New England at Oakland. New England at Oakland. That's going to be a tough one. We're going with New England. Uh, there was obviously a lot of personal turmoil going on with New England, and you can check the web to check that out. But uh, we're going to go with New England this, with this one, and there's a reason to win. Denver at Carolina. This is going to be a very, very tough game. I think that Denver's going to pull this one out. I know they score a lot of points, and they offer a lot of points on the, on the defensive side, but you've got to be willing to score those points, too. So I'm going to go with Denver. I think there's going to be a high-scoring game, and they're going, to, they're going to shoot it out. Last but not least, Cleveland at Philly on Monday night. Monday night in Philly, nice and cold. You got to go with Mr. McNabb to have a big game, to run out a little bit with the ball, and to have fun with it. Look for Philly to come up big in that one on Monday. Well, Wizzle, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball here, real quickly. Uh, fired coaches in the NBA: Washington fires their coach, Minnesota fires their coach, Oklahoma fires their coach, and now Philadelphia has fired their coach in Maurice Cheeks. Uh, I mean, are these good moves? Are more coaches going to get fired? What are you thinking? 
you know, only time will tell. Right now, I, I don't know if the coaches are conveying the proper message or is it being that the proper message, which is basketball-wise, isn't being conveyed, uh, conveyed to the youth. I mean, because we got to look at it. We've got a lot, of, a lot of talent in the way that people are assessed, and these coaches are put in uh, situations where they're just basically uh, dealing with talent that they're given rather than, you know what I mean? So, but, hey, with that said, if you give me somebody, I guarantee you give me anybody, I can help them out or give them something that's going to make them effective for me every day. If i got to do it with anybody every day, I can help them out to make them effective and to, to be helpful for me. So, hey, maybe it is coaching, maybe it's not. The future will tell. Uh, they got a lot of young guys out there. Obviously, they're willing to give the opportunity to. We can look at Eric Spolstra down there in Miami. And uh, it, it's huge. So we'll see what happens, what kind of guys can motivate, uh, give a new twist on things, and, and, and maybe change and up the game as far as coaching. No question. I was telling my wife earlier that I think a, a lot of this also has something to do with the economy, the fact that, you know, getting people in the seats, if the coach isn't doing it now, they're they're rolling heads, they're trying to find a way to, to make it happen. Because you look at a team like Boston now, and this I wanted to get your input on this, 22-2 and two right now, do they have a chance to get 70 wins? I, they do have a chance to get 70 wins, as all teams do. Uh, will they? Hey. Only that will uh, be said. I, they obviously have the opportunity. Um, they play well enough, and it doesn't matter if you're trying to get up to play the Celtics, ladies and gentlemen, because when they come and they show up, they play a certain way, and it's at a high level, and it happens to get uh, star players high a high percentage shot. So uh, they do play at a high level, high clip, uh, defensively, offensively, and they pretty much got a nice system going on right now. So they got a great chance, but, hey, the work's done. No question. Now, uh, there's been some trades out there, obviously, Boris Diaw, Roger Bell to the Bobcats, Jason Richardson to the Suns. Uh, got a chance to see him last night. What do you think? Does, does Jay Rich help the Suns out a lot, or does that move really not do much for them? Well, I think that it uh, definitely frees up their team uh, a little bit in terms of athletically. Uh, he had a couple plays, and if you were watching the game or happen to watch ESPN at any time during your life, uh, you would have seen uh, the, some, of the, some of the high-flying plays that he would provide. And they were provided from the guard spot, which is huge, uh, because you can't expect Amari to, to, to always – you know, to be the only one in there attacking the rim a certain way with a reckless abandon. So uh, uh, he really, really looked good. Uh, he had 21 points in his debut game, and they got a win. So, uh, And he had a really, really nice reverse alley-oop. Sickening. Yeah, it was. It's really nice when you dunk the ball and you don't even have to grab the rim. I'm digging that. Now, in sports, Whistle, and it doesn't matter what the sport is, Obviously, you have game preparation. Is there a right way? Because some guys are serious. you got your KGs, I mean, totally serious before the games. Other guys, they listen to music. Some watch film. Some guys just sit around and talk. You, you know, some guys are watching TV. Then you got guys who are exercising. Some people, you know, you got to get treatment before. Is there a way, do you think, to to conduct yourself in a pregame, or is it more of a team thing? Is it some, or you know, does the individual need to do it, or does a team need to collectively do it and say this is the way we're going to do it? What's your feeling on that? 
I think that it's a combination of both. Uh, obviously, um, I'm going to say individual first. If you've ever been on an airplane, uh, when the oxygen mask drops, they tell you to take care of yourself first. And, hey, that's huge because you can't take care of anyone else unless you take care of yourself. So with that being said, uh, we're going to go <laughs> about 70-30 with that. It's 70% yourself and how you uh, uh, approach your job, approach your business or your affairs and how you're handling yourself. And the other 30% is what you collectively uh, uh, bring to everyone else who's bringing their 70 to the line. You know what I'm saying? So it's according to how you're approaching it. And, and, and collectively as a team, it, it comes together once everyone believes it and, and understands that it's serious and, and, and has a, a, a sense of urgency with it. No, no question. Now, you, you know, in, in Sacramento, when I was playing there, it was very laid back. The guys were more jovial. They were we would laugh and joke and do different things. I always listened to music, would do push-ups, different things, watch film, all that. More, a little bit more serious than than some of the the other guys, but still at the same time had a great time. Now, in New York with Pat Riley, it was totally, totally different. I mean, it was totally quiet in the locker room. Everybody was focused. Game face was on. And for the fans out there who don't know, the whistle was on Cal State Bakersfield, 33-0 team that won a national championship in Division One college basketball. Yeah. And I was just wondering, that team, was what was what was the tone in the locker room for game preparation? Um, the tone was obviously very serious, but the, it was the same because, you know, you enjoy yourself, you enjoy your time, you realize that we're – at this time and place, at this one time and moment in life, and let's take advantage of it. So with that being said, everybody, you're aroused, if you uh, can understand me correctly, for the situation. You're so up to it, and you can't. It's just, hey, we're having fun because it's it's like a deja vu. We expect it to be here. You You, you should expect results and to, get, to come to the end of the road like, like I can't believe we're here, and I'm about to enjoy it because there's nothing that the other team can do, and it's, it, it was really crazy. But hey, that's what it's about. It's like knowing that you work so hard that there's no way that you'll lose. There it is, no question about it, Wizzle. As always, we appreciate your insight into the world of sports. Weather Wizzle is again undefeated. Everybody will have to come back and check us out as the Wizzle. Same time. Same place next week. Thank you, Wizzle, and we will see you then. I'm going to have me a little fa, excuse me, a little fo, <laughs> if you being from the hood. A little fa tonight and some noodles and some hot chicken broth with some chicken in it. About. Keep going back. Enjoy it. One green onion. I'm out. <laughs> and we're going to. I'm going to live my life.
once again, it's time to say goodbye, friends. So until next time, take care and be kind to others. Peace. Respect.